Hello, and welcome to Oh No Not, the podcast. We talk about the underappreciated recently deceased, and in this case, we are talking about the uber underappreciated, yes. the people that... Not so recently deceased. Uh, well, at least one of them. Okay. One, of, one of mine could have been covered in our normal time frame. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are today, a week late, unfortunately, but we are talking about the people, actors who appeared in movies that the Academy Awards did not recognize in their in-memoriam. Snubbed! Snubbed, which is funny because there are actually, I think, like six people that I've covered mm-hmm. that was in the in-memoriam, people yeah. that I surprised got got passed over. And we'll see, even one of my people actually won an Oscar yeah. and was not included. So, Well, well there was like, I know Miguel Ferrar. Yeah. Well, there was him and like Bill Paxton where Bill Paxton, like Jennifer Aniston, like, said something about him last year yeah Yeah. and like miguel ferrer like we covered him last year Mm -hmm. because he wasn't included there's some technicality things and there's a i think there was somebody who died on the day of and so today or well the guy uh that director that i covered last year last week who directed alfie which was nominated for an oscar he wasn't included but Mm -hmm. people are saying he died too soon oh yeah who knows it's all it's a lot of politics you'll see uh, <laughs> will you see? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> uh, well, let's get started. We're each going to do five people, and we're going to try and do it under two minutes each. Yeah. Ready? Yeah. Do you want to start? Yes. Okay. Okay. So my first person is Toby Hooper. He died on August 26th of natural causes at the age of 74, which, can you die of natural causes at the age of 74? Yeah, well... I think you need to be over 80. That is, so he was just found dead? They and just everything, like, I looked at like three different obituaries, all of them said natural causes. Yeah, natural causes, is, it's kind of like a catch-all. So <laughs> he was the writer and director of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, among, among many other horror films and TV series. Mm-hmm. Have you seen the Texas Chainsaw Massacre? I have Massacre? seen it. Sure, it's great. Scary-ass movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, he was born Willard Toby Hooper on... January 25th, 1943, in Austin, Texas. So he is a Texas native. Uh-huh. So yeah, he made the Texas Chainsaw Massacre in 1974. Before that, he had done a bunch of low-budget documentaries and and other uh, films. And But this was this thing that he did in like 100-degree heat. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you've never seen it, it's just one of the sweatiest, dirtiest, yes. grimiest films I've ever seen. And uh, you know, people, when it came out, it was this... It was kind of like uh, when Deep Throat came out and everyone was like, oh, man, this is going to change the game because Mm -hmm. no one had seen anything like this. People called this like horror pornography. Mm -hmm. People were like this. Kind of torture porn. Things will never be the same after this. So he. That's true. uh, Nothing was the same. Nothing was the same. (laughs) So he he continued to make other uh, low budget horror movies until 1982. He made Poltergeist, Uh which many people wonder how much was him how much was spielberg and spielberg actually like talked shit on him saying that he didn't know how to uh run a, a set which he then apologized for after mm. but uh hooper says that his career never really rebounded uh he, he did a handful of other films mostly tv series after that like tales from the crypt um he did sign a three-picture deal with canon films after uh, Poltergeist, including a super campy sequel to Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That's great. Yeah, that, that is great. Very great. Um, anyway, so when I loved him, one of my favorite films of his was the super great B-movie called Funhouse about a bunch of kids that get trapped uh-huh. in like a... Have you ever seen it? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. Uh, anyway, it's kind of weird that Toby Hooper 
was not included, but George A. Romero, who also died last year, was included in the in memoriam, mm. especially because Poltergeist was nominated for three Oscars. So yeah, it is kind of weird. weird. Anyway, he did a uh, movie called The Toolbox Murders too. Yeah, that was really good and like a really good in like a free DVD type of way. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I was surprised by it. Yeah, I, I've yeah. seen. I mean, he did one called The Mangler with Robert England that was bad but fun. He yeah. did another one called uh, Crocodile or Alligator. Anyway, yeah, all his movies were bad. If they were bad, they were fun bad. Yeah. So, oh no, not Toby Hooper. Uh, cool. I'm gonna start. I don't. That was 42 minutes. Uh, okay. I'm going to start with Powers Booth. This we one all know I Powers can't Booth. believe. This one. Yeah, this was a weird one. Um, so he, uh, born in 1948 in Texas, uh, youngest of three boys on a cotton farm. He was named after the best friend of his dad who was killed in World War II. That's where Powers comes from. Uh, he first came to the spotlight in the 80s. He played Philip Marlowe in a TV series. Did you know that? It's a TV series that ran for two seasons. I think it was like 11 episodes. They're all like hour-ish long episodes. But yeah, he played Philip Marlowe. On PBS? Uh, uh, CBS. <laughs> ah. And, uh, and then he played in uh, 1980. He was the star of a TV movie where he played Jim Jones. Have you seen that thing? I haven't, no. I, me, me and, I'll try to make this quick. Me and my friend Joel watched that. There was like a two, it was a clamshell uh, two tape mm-hmm. VHS. We watched it one night. It is so creepy. Really? So, like, just disturbingly, because uh, most of it takes place in the Jim Jones compound, and he does such a good job. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah, it's just one of the most unsettling movies i've ever seen okay it's called tv like, movie <laughs> yeah TV, uh i think yeah james earl jones is in it oh, like wow. it's yeah it okay. is but they like show the mass suicide mm. it's ugh, ugh. so he won an emmy for that performance as he should uh but this was the year where sag went on strike and so during the awards most of the actors didn't show up for the award show because they're on strike but he chose to Break the picket line oh. and accept his award on TV. He said, "Quote: How do you feel m- about that?" Well, we'll get to He he said, "This may be either the bravest moment of my career or the dumbest." Um, and it was. It's kind of unsure what what it was because, like, after that, his career kind of just flatlined. Like, yeah. I was looking up a lot of articles uh, about the strike. I couldn't find up too too many things about like that specific strike but then in 2007 there was the famous writer strike that was yep. going on and his name came up a lot in terms of like no one wants to be the powers booth of this ah. strike so it like it was a reputation that followed him yeah. throughout his career huh. did not know that. um and and yeah i mean maybe that could have cost him a lot of stuff i mean he he became a pretty like you know uh, i know like he showed up in a bunch of oliver stone movies yeah. it seemed like the type of guy that like Certain directors mm-hmm. or writers loved him and would try to include him in things. Like, right. I know Robert Rodriguez liked him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, so he like Tombstone, Red Dawn, Sin City, U-Turn, Nixon. Oh, God, he's so good at Tombstone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was the head terrorist in Sudden Death, the Jean-Claude Van Damme uh, hockey movie. Awesome. Uh, but uh, so he, but he had all these like bit parts, kind of. And then like the at the end of his career, he uh, he was in Deadwood, one of the what is yeah. easily the greatest TV series of all time. Better than Seinfeld. Better than Seinfeld. Better than Family Guy. Uh, and he played the better role of Side Everybody Tolliver. wants them. Yeah, uh, we'll see when they actually make that TV version. Um, so he played Side Tolliver, just a great character. I kind of hated the character the first time I watched the series, and then now that I'm like four four times into the series, well, I, think I don't. It's great. I don't know because they keep talking about how they're going to make a yeah. movie, mm-hmm. and I'm like, how 
Conswearingen have he, without him, without Side, yeah. there's there's nothing. I'm a little skeptical. Like, yeah, there's the, the, without his adversary. What's mm-hmm. the point? So it sounds like he was uh, the character of Side was in the original script for the movie, but now probably will be cut. I guess I don't think it's like, ever gonna get made. I mean, yeah, who knows? Yeah, I kind of hope they don't. Yeah, I, like I mean, just in terms of like seeing more Deadwood is fine, but it's kind of perfect as it is. Um, anyway, he died at the age of 68 of prostate cancer. Uh, fun-ish fact, he's buried in Texas in uh, Deadwood Cemetery. Oh. Well, so I that. don't know if he just he planned this. that or whatever. But oh, no, not Powers Booth. Awesome. All right, this next person, the next three people I'm going to talk about are going to go super fast. Mine are two. Della Reese. Mm-hmm. So Della Reese, I, I don't even know. You know, when she died, I didn't think of covering her. Because everyone knows Della Reese, if you grew up in the 90s, Touched by an Angel, uh-huh. right? Yeah. And she was also, if anyone doesn't know who she is, she died on November 19th. Um, she was a guy, I think she was like 87. She was a gospel singer and an actress, most notably for Touched by an Angel and Chico and the Man. She was also a Grammy-nominated singer, gospel singer, uh, had multiple number one, uh, or top 100 hits in the 60s. Also in the 60s, she became a regular on variety uh, shows and late night shows. She had her own show called Della that ran from 1969 to 1970 uh, and was actually the first black woman to guest host The Tonight Show. Uh, she apparently almost died in 1979 when she was like doing rehearsals for The Tonight Show and had an aneurysm on the set. Whoa. Uh, apparently also in the 70s, she almost died because she walked through a plate glass window and wa- lost pints of blood jesus yeah <clears throat> but she survived and then maybe she was touched by touched an angel, by an angel. Hey. <laughs> um but here's the thing so you know we could talk about a lot of people actually there someone else will come up on my list that are known for tv actors and a lot of times people say oh mm-hmm. well they'll be honored during the emmys but Della Reese did she was in movies she was yep. great in harlem nights mm. she was in a thin line between love and hate and beauty shop among other movies so she was a film actress as well so, I don't like that rule. Oh no, not Delores. Is there anything about like having to be a member of the Academy? Probably, but we'll see. But, as, as we'll go. Like Powers Booth I mean, is like because like one person. If he's a scab if he's scabbing <laughs> through. One person that's not on here, Glenn Campbell. I didn't include, even though Glenn Campbell, who was a singer, right. is, is an Oscar-nominated singer. Maybe one because I think he did a song for Midnight Cowboy or something. Mm. But he also acted in movies. Yeah, my next person is Reg E. Cathy. Do you know this guy? Nope. All right, born in 1958, Huntsville, Alabama. His dad fought three wars. His mom was a Department of Defense worker and educator. His first movie was Funny Farm. He played a reporter. Kind of peaked. Wait, Funny Farm? Is that the one with Chevy Chase? Yeah. So he kind of, I mean, he was another bit performer throughout the years. You would recognize this person. Maybe you'll, maybe as I get talking about him, you'll uh, picture him in your mind. He was in Seven. He was in The Mask. What was he in The Mask? He was... Wait, Mask or The Mask? The Mask. He was in... What about Bob? Clear and Present, Dan- Present Danger. He was in Pootie Tang. He was in Tank Girl, American Psycho. Tons and tons of movies. Just like Always a ton of list background. of movies. Yeah. Uh, but he was, again, you know, more famous for TV. Oh, wait. Probably. I know. He was in... Uh, yes. This guy. He was in uh, Airheads. Yep. Yeah, all right. He was. Aha, yeah, he was in... Uh, I know exactly Airheads. who you're talking okay. about now. So uh, probably more famous for TV, though. He was in Star Trek, the the New York next generation i guess in terms just like a guest appearance or two the tv show rock oz he was on a handful of episodes the corner the uh david simon thing and then the wire he played norman wilson who is the political operative operator 
I don't know, whatever, operative yeah. of Tommy Carsetti in uh, seasons four and five. And then he was in House of Cards, which is like one of his bigger roles. He was the dude that owned the barbecue that mm-hmm. Kevin Spacey would whatever talk yep. to and eat barbecue, I guess. Yep. I don't know. <laughs> but he won an Emmy for uh, that performance in House of Cards for Outstanding Guest Actor in a Drama Series. Huh. And he died at the age of 59 of lung cancer. David Simon actually was the first person to report his death. And he said, quote, in a tweet... He said, not only a fine, masterful, a- masterful actor, but simply one of the most delightful human beings with whom I ever shared some long days on set. On wood alone, he could double any man over and leave him thinking. Ah. Which is all we can help, right? Yep. So, oh no, not Reg E. Cathy. Awesome. Super quick. Stephen First, uh, F-U-R-S-T, died on June 16th at the age of... 63 of complications due to diabetes. He is best known for the actor. Uh, best, he is an actor who is best known for the role of Kent Flounder Dorfman in Animal House. Have you seen Animal House? Yeah, doesn't hold up. Yeah, yeah, I'm not a, I'm not a fan. <laughs> There's like three good scenes in it. Yeah, it's ugh. yeah, it's uh, a mess. But uh, and basically, what, also what it spawned the like culture of frat boys yeah, and frat making humor. that acceptable thing. Uh-huh. Uh, but. Was it or was it responding to the culture? You know, chicken and egg. That's what we're talking about here. Yeah, I mean, from what I know about the National Lampoons guys, I think Mm. they were like pretending that they weren't, but actually wanted to be part of it. I could see that. (laughs) Anyway, so here's a fun fact. Apparently, in the 1970s, he was a struggling actor, uh, and so he was working as a pizza delivery man, and he would include his headshots. With his deliveries, which That's, just sounds like the worst thing you could do. Yeah. But National Lampoon producer Matty Simmons saw his headshot, uh, and that's how he got the gig that he would be best known for. So Sometimes you have to be shameless. Exactly. And uh, so the rest of his career mainly did TV work, most notably on uh, St. Elsewhere and Babylon 5. But he did appear in a, a bunch of films, uh, most notably The Dream Team with Michael Keaton. That was pretty good. Yeah, it's a great I movie. It. Yeah. And so uh, he was also a prolific voice actor. Uh, and even directed a handful of low-budget films, but right. apparently not important enough for the Academy. So, oh no, not Stephen First. Uh, next person I'm really shocked by, I, and also I want to say, I want to make clear, like, I don't know that these are true. I didn't watch the Oscars. These are all just reports I'm getting from uh, various I, blogs. I watched the Oscars and was visibly shaken by the absence of Toby Hooper and, okay. and Powers Booth. Okay. So right, yes. what about Frank Vincent? This seems like one that should have been... Oh, it, it, was he in Goodfellas? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so he... Uh, and he was in The Sopranos. Yeah, and, he was yeah, in, yeah. And he was in like hundreds of yeah, movies. He was, he's the Italian guy. He's the Italian guy. He's the most Italian guy there ever was. Mm-hmm. Let's see. He So he started... Well, at first he wanted to be a musician, and he kind of kept that throughout his career, especially when he was like known as a name. He still was like, hey, I'm going to do some music here and there. He might have released a CD or something. Uh, but his first uh, like thing that got him on the map was... He co-starred in a low-budget gangster flick called The Death Collector in 1976, co-starring Mr. Joe Pesci. And Robert De Niro, I guess, saw it, and he was like, hey, Marty. That's what he calls Martin Martin Scorsese. Mm -hmm. Hey, Marty, take a look at these two guys. Hey, eyebrows. Hey. (laughs) And so basically that movie put the two, those two guys on. Which movie was it called? It's called The Death Collector. Just a small, like, low-budget indie mob thing. And uh, and that movie put them both on Martin Scorsese's map, and then they basically be, had their careers made off of like their association with him and like being in every movie that he's ever made. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, he always played the same type of guy, New York, New York uh, Italian mobster dude, who's kind of like angry, but also kind of whiny. <laughs> and he kind of like, he was sort of a badass and angry, like when he was like tough, but he's also sort of just like a slimy dude. Uh, he was in, he was also, oh, Spike Lee used him a lot and Do the Right Thing and yes, Jungle Fever. Yes, yes. So Goodfellas was like probably one of his like first big things. Uh, I played Billy Bats, who's the guy who tells Joe Pesci to go get a shine box and mm-hmm. then subsequently yep. does not get the shine box. Yeah. Um, I, love, I love that when he walks into the room. Ah, crap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then followed that is just like a crazy list of stuff. Casino, Walker, Texas Ranger, Copland, Grand Theft Auto 3 and Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. Uh, and then The Sopranos was probably one of his last like big roles where he played Phil Leotardo, which is one of Tony Soprano's like top nemeses, mm-hmm. um, who got his shine box in the final episode of the show. It was kind of like the last like thing of the series. Besides um, Journey. Yeah, besides Journey. <laughs> yeah, he always was getting killed yeah. in all these movies. <laughs> uh, you know, if you're an Italian actor in right. mob films. Um, 2006, he released A Guy's Guide to Being a Man's Man to, quote, positive reviews. So I don't know what that means. <laughs> he also released a line of hand-rolled cigars where his face was featured on the band. Um, and I guess he lied about his age to avoid age discrimination throughout his career. So he's older? Though? He was older. Well, yeah. So he died at the age of 80, but it sounded like people thought he was in his like early 70s mm. throughout his life. Or, you know. Yeah. Uh, but he died of a heart attack. One of his directors, John Gallagher, said, quote, he's less of a household name than a household face. Instantly recognizable for his many gangster roles, which I completely agree with. Yep. Look him up. Oh, no, not Frank Vincent. Awesome. Okay, this next person's going to be super short, even though he's super important. Jim Neighbors. Yep. I mentioned him when he died, being like, mm-hmm. I kind of wanted to do Jim Neighbors so I could do... TV. Shazam, Shazam, t- Shazam. Yeah. Shazam. <laughs> Uh, I, you know, I, did you watch a lot of Andy Griffith's show? No. I kind of did. I'm an adult. I, I like, I watched it kind of and like was aware of Gomer Pyle. Apparently, mm-hmm. so apparently he was on the Andy Griffith show for like three years and then had the Gomer Pyle show for like five years after that. Uh-huh. Uh, anyway, he died on November 30th at the age of 87. No cause of death given. Apparently he was found by, uh, Andy Griffith. At, he discovered him because <laughs> I thought you were going to yeah. say he discovered his body <laughs> and I was like wow uh, Andy Griffith's been dead for a little while uh, no he discovered him uh, he was singing and performing at a Santa Monica nightclub and he was kind of doing his falsetto singing voice that he ended up using for Goma Pyle um, and Andy Griffith was like hey you let me give you a role come be uh, a, yeah, come, <laughs> come be my uh, country mumpkin yeah, come, come, come be my lackey uh, he had a variety show of his own that ran from 1969 to 1971, and pretty much most of his career he was spent on TV, variety shows, different bit cameo, like pretty much from like 65 to 1980, he was mm-hmm. in every show. Kind of um, like a Hollywood Squares yeah, type. Yeah, well, that variety shows, no, but he also was on like sitcoms and stuff, mm-hmm. but uh, he was in three notable movies with Burt Reynolds in the 80s, including Cannibal Run 2 and where I knew him from. As the deputy in Best Little Whorehouse in Texas. Oh, sure. Um, here's a fun fact about him. He sang the national anthem in Oakland before the first game of the 1973 World Series. Why? Because he was known as a singer, too. But, like, was he, like, from? No, he's he's from the South. That's super weird. Yeah. Huh. He was just well, at the height of his popularity. Just, that was, so it was that type of, like, popularity. Like, that yeah. would be the same as, like, a Taylor Swift yeah. these days. A Mariah Carey. A Jim Na- yeah, Jim Neighbors. Yeah, Jim Neighbors. <laughs> weird. Equally... 
as big of a sex mm-hmm. symbol. Oh no, not Jim Neighbors. Like a Logan Paul. <laughs> is he? Th- it's oh God, Logan Paul. Whenever someone says his name, it takes me like thirty <laughs> seconds to remember why I should know that name. Yeah. You don't need to. No, you shouldn't. No one should know it. All right. Uh, next person I'm doing is Robert Guillaume. I think Robert that's how you, Gu- no, <laughs> I think it's that's how you pronounce it, right? Robert Guillaume. So this is so uh, definitely more of a TV person. Um, but so he was born Robert William, 1927 in St. Louis. He said to an alcoholic mother, uh, and he was raised by his grandmother. What did he say to an alcoholic mother? He said that he was raised by an alcoholic mother. And so then, (laughs) and then he was passed on to his grandmother and raised by her. He served in the U S army. Uh, and then he adapted the last name Guillaume, which I, I guess is William in French. And so he basically just swapped his last name, uh, as a stage name. He uh, he was a cast member of a traveling Broadway musical, Free and Easy. That was sort of his first like thing. Mm-hmm. And then on to TV, where he played in the TV show Soap in the 70s, The I Butler. Love the- oh, yeah, who Benson. Who was then oh, <laughs> spun off into his own show uh, that was called Benson. That I, became a I huge I kind hit. of, one of the only people this year that I kind of regret not covering, because mm-hmm. I loved Soap and Benson. As I don't think I've seen a single episode. Soap was the first TV show I remember as a kid mm. be becoming addicted to. Okay. Like recognizing like, oh, I and my it's called Soap. Like it was a parody of soaps. But it was before you were born. You're no, watching well, like reruns? Yes, but okay. I guess it was reruns. Okay. But I remember like being like, oh, I need to watch the next episode of this. Okay. Like this I have where... to happen, I have to know what happens. And you got the shakes if you didn't, and this is exactly. your addictive behavior, yes. like <laughs> probably also my first uh, Billy Crystal's character, because he was the first openly gay character on TV. On Soap? Yeah, on Soap. Oh, interesting. Very, I know, so very I, important TV show, that Soap. I guess. So that was on for three years, and mm. Benson was on for seven. So yeah. it was another one of those, like, like Gilmer Pyle the spin-offs. Yeah. yeah. Kind of like a Frasier. I don't know how long Frasier was, yeah. more than... Uh, but so, so that was, I mean, he's Benson. Yeah. Uh, he was also in, he did guest appearances on the Jefferson, but Sanford and Son. did he do any movies? He did, was in a bunch of movies. He was All in right, Big Fish. Go. He was in The Lion King. He mm. was in Spy Hard. Oh, there you go. He was in The Meteor Man. And if he was in Spy Hard, then he... Um, and then he also went back to TV. So he was in Sports Night was kind of his last, like, oh, big yeah, role. Oh, yeah, 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 uh, While working on the show in 1999, he suffered a stroke, which then had an effect on his speech. If you've ever seen it, like you kind of tell, like halfway through, he's speaking. Sports Night was one of those shows that everyone told me I should like, and I tried watching a couple episodes. It's like eh, I don't get there. I think it was one of those shows that was really was great. Was that Sorkin? Yeah, yeah. It was really great for the one year it was on because it was this like transitional moment between like sitcommy things and you know the just walk and talk type of single yeah. camera stuff. But it had the laugh track. Oh, did it? Yeah, which oh, okay. made which like in retrospect uh, maybe, makes I mean, it really bad. I tried bad. watching it like ten years ago. Maybe I should give it another shot. Oh, it's all right. I don't okay. think I don't think you need to. Oh, okay. I think you. I think like at the time it was important, and now it's surpassed it, and you don't need to yeah. go back. Fair enough. Uh, died of prostate cancer at eighty nine. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Oh no, not Robert Guillaume. All right, the last one and the most egregious. Even though I had not heard of this person, but we'll talk about why it's egregious. Mm-hmm. Dorothy Malone died on January 19th at the age of this year, but a full month, more than a month, before the Academy Awards. So Yes. They died, can edit her in. Yeah, can edit 19th. At the age of 94, she was an Academy Award winning actress. Yeah. Seems like, uh, seems like you'd want to <laughs> highlight her. Yeah, exactly. So she was born Dorothy Eloise Maloney on January 29th, 1924. She changed her name to Malone because she thought her... Original name sounded too much like baloney. She's not wrong. Nope. So she signed her first contract at uh, at 18 with RKO, 
uh, back when you had to sign contracts with studios. Uh, she made a number of films, including Higher and Higher with Frank Sinatra through the 40s. Uh, then she signed a new deal with Warner Brothers and made over a dozen films with him, including uh, The Big Sleep with Humphrey Bogart. Uh, but she wasn't happy with the role she was getting, and so she decided to go freelance. Mm, baloney, her, baloney. Yeah, fired her agent, dyed her hair, nice. before, uh, bleached her hair, decided I'm going. And this is kind of a theme throughout her career that she kind of did what she wanted mm-hmm. uh, and wouldn't be bossed around by people, which I respect. Uh, and She's so, like the Adams family. She does what she wants to do, says what she wants to say. Lives how she wants to live, plays how she wants to play. Literally the worst <laughs> reference you've ever made. <laughs> uh, I know two rap songs, and yeah. that's one. So the other is too legit to quit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it was during this time that she won her Best Supporting Actress, uh, won her Oscar for Best Supporting Actress for the 1956 film I've never heard of but kind of want to see now, called Written on the Wind with Rock Hudson, Lauren Bacall, and Robert Stack of Oof. Unsolved Mystery. Yes, Band. sure. Uh, in it, she played a nymphomaniac daughter of a Texas oil man. I'm in. And apparently Jack Lemmon uh, uh, presented her the award, and she came up and gave the longest uh, acceptance speech of the night because she was not prepared. Oh. And Jack Lemmon kind of... Razzed her maybe, for it. Maybe that's why they didn't want yeah. to. And, like... so, and so she never really matched the success after that film. However, uh, the one fun fact, the year before, in 1955, she starred in the original Fast and the Furious movie, which was one of Roger Corman's first movies. Mm-hmm. Um, she never really matched the success of that film. However, she did star, and a lot of people know her best, uh, in a TV series called Peyton Place from 1964 to 1968. True to her... Career when her character was written out of the show, she sued the studio for one point six million dollars. Awesome. Uh, settled out of court and then later reprised that role in like three TV movies. How did she like, sue him? I do. That's I need, amazing. I, I just read that factor and kind of want to know more about it. But yeah. apparently, like uh, she claimed uh, that it was a breach of contract that they oh. wrote her character out. Awesome. So <laughs> this lady seems cool. I've never heard. Pretty of much her. after that, then every yeah. contract's a little yeah. bit better. Yeah. So maybe maybe you're right. Maybe that's part of why she wasn't included. Maybe she yeah, just ruffled too maker. many fe- fe- yeah. feathers. But like she's 94. She did I don't think there's anyone around that she said <laughs> what she wants stop. to say. <laughs> oh no, not Dorothy Malone. <laughs> Lived how she wants to live. Uh, so I'm gonna close it out with uh, another TV person. I mean, again, this is like yeah. he was in movies, but it makes sense that maybe like there is like a weird like split though. We where, like if if we like, care more, we would like cross reference the Emmy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but then I'd have to watch the Emmys. Yeah, we're not gonna do that. Yeah. So uh, so this uh, last person, Adam West. We all know Adam West, don't we? We do. We do. Uh, who from Adam? Family Guy? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes, okay. from Family Guy. Born in 1928 in Walla Walla, Washington, his dad was a farmer, his mother an opera singer, who abandoned her dreams to care for her family. Do you like this uh, announcing voice? Sure. He wants to be proud. It's like... Uh, Wait, was he in movies? We could just cut it short, because everyone knows who Adam West yeah, is. So he was... Uh, yeah, he was in movies. What movies was he in? He was in... Uh, so after, after Batman... <laughs> Right. He kind of like after he had sex with everyone in LA. Yeah. Uh, it's his career like kind of peaked, and it seemed like no one wanted to put him in 
uh, anything else that was big. So he was like the star of yeah. a lot of B movies. Yeah, he typecast. Type. He like, well, yeah, typecast is like the. But he wasn't type. He was typecast as a lead guy. Yeah. But no big movie studios wanted to put him as yeah. a lead guy, so he was a lead guy in B movies. So movies such as The Happy Hooker Goes Hollywood, Zombie Nightmare, Omega Cop, were some of the movies. Was he in anything? Any good movies or like did any, did a director or anyone take a chance on him? I like, didn't really see anything. Yeah, yeah. Tarantino um, never. <laughs> yeah, he uh, he. So that was yeah, that was his post Batman career. Um, and then he started showing up in like Family Guy, yeah. The Mayor. Uh, he what did, was that? There was like a Comedy Central show set in like a hospital. I remember watching as like a teenager. That he started Children's in. Hospital? No, no, it wasn't. Tra- hey, keep talking. I'll um, so then he did a uh, voiceover for superhero themed commercials like Lending Tree, one for Lending Tree, one for Hebrew National Hot Dogs. Uh, he did Lego Batman video games, and then he was kind of a Comic Con in- type of guy. That was kind of it. Like he, he, everyone knows Batman. That's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> and scene. Uh, he died after a short battle with leukemia at the age of 88. And when he, upon his death, Los Angeles, the city of Los Angeles, projected the bat signal on City Hall. Oh. So, oh no, not Adam West. Thank you for putting up with us and listening to these 10 souls who were not appreciated by yes. the Academy. Appreciate them. Appreciate them. Uh, if there's anyone we missed that you want us to have an addendum on. Yes. Write to us at ononotpodcast at gmail.com or text Rick at... Uh, 310-467-0608. That's 310-467-0608. I forgot Ocho at the end. (laughs) (laughs) Or follow us on Twitter at ononot, R-I-P. That's trip. Hashtag, join the conversation. Is that... I don't know. I just made that up. Oh, okay. Yeah. Dusty's not on Twitter, but I am. No. With that, we'll say, I hope I don't see any bits.